A lot of the sailors I worked with grew up in dysfunctional families in blighted neighborhoods where addiction and abuse were common. They went to lousy schools and had little idea of what I took for granted as a kid. Stability, support, sucker. Still, despite the fact that they had nothing handed to them in life, they were some of the best citizens I have ever met. Unlike them, I didn't have to look very far to find my own heroes. I had some in my own family. And the older I get, the more I appreciate them. My paternal grandparents came to the United States from Macedonia in 1906 and settled in Mount Union, Pennsylvania. My father, one of 11 children, served in World War II, as did three of his brothers. When I was growing up, my father told us war stories at the noon meal on Sundays. We heard them so many times we could finish each one after hearing the first three words. Still, they had a profound impact on us, probably more than my dad realized. My mother also contributed to the war effort. Altoona, a railroad hub at that time, handled millions of tons of war supplies. My mother worked a shift at the switching stations, keeping the trains running. My father, uncles, and mother were all powerful role models for me. I admire their tremendous sacrifices. I told my crew in my very first speech that I had been running hard to fill my father's shoes, and I feel that I still am. I was number six of seven children. My parents struggled to put the first five through college, so when the opportunity came for me to get my education free at the U.S. Naval Academy, I jumped at the chance. My degree was in political science, but 80% of the courses at the Naval Academy were in engineering, chemistry, physics, calculus, and other technical subjects, which were excruciating for me. I was lucky to graduate in the bottom third of the class. For a Navy officer, your first posting depends on your class rank at the Academy, and if you choose to be a ship driver as I did, you find that the sleekest and newest ships go to the people at the top of the class. My first assignment was to an old rust bucket of a frigate, USS Albert David. Oddly, that turned out to be an advantage. On the fast new ships, the Academy hotshots continued to compete with one another for training time and opportunities to learn. On Albert David, competing with officers at the bottom of the list, I still had to bust my butt, but it was easier to break out. I got great opportunities at an early stage in my career that I probably would not have had if I had done better at the academy. But the officers I was reporting to were also considered to deserve the Albert David, and it was their leadership style I was learning. Unfortunately, that was old-fashioned command and control. They barked orders and micromanaged everything. I started as the communications officer, but I got to drive the ship a lot because many of the officers were afraid to try. My next post was as an aide to Admiral Hugh Webster in Subic Bay in the Philippines. I sat in on all his meetings and read all his confidential correspondence. I learned how a two-star admiral in the U.S. Navy operates. That gave me a top-down view of the organization and how people interact with the upper chain of command. It was good training, which businesses could give their up-and-coming young people by making them executive assistants to the top officers. My next assignment was to the destroyer USS Harry W. Hill as the combat systems officer, which made me a department head 
and also the tactical action officer in charge of running the combat information center. It was a good ship with a great commanding officer. But the executive officer, or XO, was the most command and control officer I had ever experienced in the military. Three weeks after I got to the ship in 1987, he called me into his stateroom when we finished the first exercise and told me flatly that I was the worst tactical action officer he had ever seen. I took it as a notice that I had to get better. When I left the ship 18 months later, he told me I was the best tactical action officer he had ever seen. From Harry W. Hill, I went to USS England, a guided missile cruiser, where I served from 1989 to 1991. Again, I was the combat systems officer, but with a much more complex system. From supervising a crew of 80, I was now managing 120 people. We had a tense tour of duty in the Persian Gulf during Operation Desert Shield.